right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Today, I got quite a bit to talk about, so let's get right into it with a word on the street segment. And I'm going to start everything off with an update on the Kincaid fires and all the fires going on in California right now. Uh, the Kincaid fire has burned over 76, uh, sorry, yeah, 76,000 acres in Sonoma County. Uh, county here in Northern California and is now about 60% contained. However, 141 homes have been destroyed and 90,000 others are still in danger. Over 5,000 firefighters, uh, firefighters from California and Oregon have been at work to put out the flames. Now, uh, the number of man- mandatory evacuations has reduced and some uh, people have been allowed to return home. And even in Hillsburg, California, uh, evacuations have lifted and customers are starting to release uh starting to receive electricity uh, but no gas uh, however to over 200,000 California residents still remain without power now hurricane force winds uh, up to 200 miles an hour have been intensifying the fires throughout the week and uh, but they have died down within the past few days however uh, in the past uh, 10 days the fires have destroyed over 144 square miles uh, now the fires in Cali- Southern California are burning uh, have burned over 10,000 acres and have forced the evacuation of 300,000 people and I believe places such as Ventura County, uh, Simi Valley, if I'm not mistaken, and spots uh, just, if I'm not mistaken, at least 60 miles or more or maybe even less outside of actually Los Angeles. So, uh, and the cold part about them is uh, some of these fires are only 5% contained, whereas in Northern California, a lot of them are almost uh, near put out in California. There's a lot of them that are burning right now and haven't even, you know, they've been burning, uh, they burn like a maybe a two to three mile radius at this point and they haven't even been uh you know well they're only five percent uh contained so uh that that's that's an issue there as well but i will keep you guys updated on that uh we're gonna move on we have another uh update to talk about of course uh congress has decided to uh pursue that impeachment on your boy trump Uh, We'll see how this goes. Uh, This is the fourth time in U.S. history that this has ever happened. Uh, the Congress, well, Congress has decided to vote, well, decided to vote 232, uh, in, uh, 232 to 196. And now, mind you, uh, this is a little skewed because out of out of those 232 regular, uh, delegates, all of them were uh, Democrat. Matter of fact, the only non uh, non Republican, excuse me, or non Democrat to vote in favor of impeachment was an independent from uh, Michigan named Justin uh, Justin Amash. So again, only one uh, non-democrat voted in favor every single republican uh, voted of course in uh, the well, voted against it of course they did not they didn't of course uh, they do not want a uh, impeachment however they feel that what Trump did was you know wrong for some reason but not worth an impeachment there you go. Uh, that seems to be the, the mood amongst Republicans. Uh, however, uh, there were two Democrats that voted against this. Uh, they ended up being from two uh, two districts that uh, voted for uh, Trump. 
in 2016. So there you go. Uh, and like I said, uh, Republicans have criticized uh, criticized Trump recently uh, for dealing with the Ukraine or whatever came out from that, uh, but do not support impeachment. So there you go. Uh, it's pretty much a Democrat push thing at this point, which I think is going to be a problem. Uh, I, I would have personally, I would have worked on trying to, um, you know, elect them out of there, but I guess they don't feel like they can do that. I think it's a show of weakness in that department, uh, but the investigation uh, will officially be made public, of course, and that will include some television hearings. So, um, and this is a quote coming directly from the House Speaker, uh, of course, Democrat Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she says, if we don't have a system of checks and balances, we might as well just elect the president and go home. I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, um, I don't, again, you have to go through the Senate at this point if you want to impeach him as well. And that's not going to happen. So, again, I think it's uh, sort of a waste. Uh, Again, unless you can prove outright that he really, I mean, and again, like I said, Republicans have criticized the man for what he's done, but they're not saying it's impeachable worthy. So, but then again, Republicans wanted to impeach Clinton for having extramarital affairs. I don't get it. It's weird. Uh, so you you tell me where where our morals truly stand. I think if if having extramarital affairs is impeachable back in 1998, then in 2019, going in 2020, uh, you know, in, uh, well, quid pro quos for foreign investigations against political rivals should be immorally wrong too and impeachable as well right i think fair is fair maybe i don't know uh washington is is in a really weird space right now although i'm rooting for the nationals congratulations we're going to talk about that in a little bit uh but again in terms of this whole impeachment thing again like i said there was even two democrats that decided to vote against the impeachment so there you go you even have that going on uh so I, I, and I don't think, I, and I and I will tell you this, I'm pretty sure all Democrats in the Senate will probably be in favor uh, of, a, of an impeachment or whatever, uh, but I'm pretty sure the Republicans, no matter what, again, they've already pretty much said how they feel about it. Uh, at the very worst, they're just, they're just giving him, a, they'd rather would chastise him about it. So, uh, you know, that that's what you have here. Um, again, it is some BS in my opinion because again, this is the same party that if you go back years ago, they wanted to impeach somebody for having extramarital affairs, but they're the same party that's going to tell you it's all right to talk to foreign uh, diplomats in order to conduct an investigation on somebody. That's it's really weird. Um, I, I, again, we're seeing the hypocrisy uh, of, of maybe both parties. Again, this is why I become an independent voter. Um, but again, even more so with the Republicans. Uh, again, but 55% of Americans, according to the Wall Street Journal and also uh, NBC News polls, uh, show that 55% of Americans believe that Congress should at least investigate uh, the dealings that's going on with the Ukraine. So we would all like to know. I'm pretty sure that makes sense. I would like to know. Uh, well, I pretty much read that transcript. It, it's as simple as what is is as what that transcript is. Um, 
He mentioned Biden by name. He mentioned CrowdStrike by name. It's a clear-cut case. However, uh, we're dealing with a Senate, and we're dealing with a party that, for some reason, does not view, view this as impeachable, but uh, views this as oral sex impeach as views oral sex as impeachable. So I think people should think about that. People think really hard about that when you think about Republicans and you think about uh, liberal, conservative, and really what all that stuff means. Does it really mean anything? Or really, does it just mean? let me have your vote so I can get in there and I can promote my corporate partnerships. I think that's more what it's been about. Uh, again, we're seeing that here. Um, and again, when we allow the corporation to, uh, take over government, we're allowing the corporate to, uh, I'm sorry, the, the I'm just called, yeah, the corporate. That's what we should call it from now on. It's corporate government, corporate that's what they've done. You've allowed corporate CEO, a corporate CEO to be your president. And now you're surprised. Uh, we're being surprised that, you know, this stuff is being, you know, trying this, this type of stuff is being swept over under the rug. This is what corporations do. They sell the American people out. You can say what you want. Um, maybe Obama wasn't as great, but okay. Neither is this guy. And we have an opportunity to actually get him out of here. So there you go. I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, when I come back, let's talk some Thursday night football. We have some NFC. Uh, we have an NFC matchup to talk about, of course. The Niners move on to 8-0. Oh, uh, getting it done. Uh, it was it was kind of spooky near the end, of course, and being Halloween. But we'll talk about it when I come back. And, of course, I got some three key matchups going uh, to finish out week nine as well. And um, also, we're going to talk some... Um, some MLB, like I said, the MLB, we have to talk some, some World Series. Game 7, uh, the Nationals getting it done. We have to talk about that as well. And then finally, we have some NBA uh, scores to go over as well. So I'll be right back, y'all. What is going on? I am back. Let's break down some Thursday night football. Of course, it was an NFC West matchup between the Niners and the Cardinals. The Niners get the W in this one, moving up to 8-0 on the year. The Cardinals, they move down to 3-5. and Of course, they also have the, the, the tie as well. Uh, the final score in this one was 28-25. We're going to break down the stats in this one real quick. For the Niners, of course, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would lead the way offensively 28-37 of with 317 yards. Of course, he had four touchdowns. Matt Breida would add 78 rushing yards. Uh, the leading receiver uh, yesterday was Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he had six, uh, sorry, seven catches for 112 yards. He also had a touchdown as well. And tight end George Kittle had six catches uh, for 79 yards and a touchdown as well. Wide receiver Dante Pettis and also Kendrick Bourne had receiving touchdowns as well. So uh, as far as the wide receivers being a weakness, as far as well, up to now, uh, especially this week, he looked pretty well. Emmanuel Sanders seems to fill up that void for now. He seems to be a legit number one receiver and looks to be helping out the entire receiving department as well. So, good luck on the 49ers for picking them up. For now, they have a solution. On defense, they have safe, they had uh, help uh, safety Jimmy Ward, who had six total tackles. Linebacker Fred Warner would have nine total tackles. And uh, defensive end DeForest Buckner would have four total tackles in the sack. The Niners were forward side 
three sacks in total as well. On, uh, for the Cardinals, uh, for them offensively, of course, Kyler Murray will lead the way. He went 17 to 24 for 241, uh, 241 yards. He also had two touchdowns as well. Running back Kenyon Drake will lead all, uh, will lead all, uh, everybody on the ground with 110 yards and also a touchdown. He also would have four catches and 52 yards. And Andy Isabella would have the big catch near the end, going for 88 yards. He also had a tug on that one. And wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, not to be confused with the one who played for Tampa Bay and all them teams. Uh, this one is, uh, is spelled differently. He had a receiving touchdown as well, but he did play. He did. He does play wide receiver. On defense for the Cardinals, uh, they were led by uh, safety Buda Baker, who had 15, actually 13 total tackles, and also linebacker Joe Walker, the former Duck. He had 10 total tackles. Uh, three key matchups going into Week Nine. Uh, we're gonna have the Bears and the Eagles. Uh, the Bears are three and four. Uh, we also have the Eagles at four and four. Um, I think this one is a key matchup. They're not necessarily where they would want to be at this point in the year. But as far as both teams are concerned, they legitimately uh, do need to win. It's a must win for both of them uh, if they want to maintain a playoff spot for the Bears. There are a few games behind, of course, the Packers in terms of the AFC North. Uh, but they definitely, uh, they definitely at 4-4 at, four four at this point in the year, uh, they would definitely have a solid shot to make it a playoffs. As far as the Eagles are concerned, a win here would pretty much... Uh, yeah, a win here would make them five and four, uh, and a loss, uh, a Dallas loss, I believe, uh, would pretty much at the very worst would tie up the division, if I'm not mistaken, where they might even be on top of the division, uh, barring a barring a Giants upset versus the Cowboys. I don't think the, the Giants could do it, but if if it just so happens and they're able to pull this one out against the Bears, uh, at the very worst, that division could be tied. Uh, we also have the Vikings and the Chiefs here. The Vikings here are 6-2, and two, and the uh, Chiefs here are 5-3. and three. Uh, In terms of a winner in this one, uh, I think it all just depends on whether or not... Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play. He's still questionable. He was limited in practice uh, Thursday. And as far as the Vikings go, they are also, uh, it, well, they also could be missing their their type, the top right receiver, excuse me, uh, Adam Thielen. So they both are missing some key components. I still would have the Vikings here slight favorite, but it's going to be an interesting match because, again, this is another uh, top NFC opponent. For the Chiefs to see at home, and finally we have the Ravens and the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are of course eight and zero. The Ra the Ravens are five and two. Uh, I believe this one is is up in the air for me. I believe that the Ravens do bring a lot of things offensively to the table that the Patriots might not have seen so far this year. Uh, but with that being said, uh, they still have the Tom Brady factor. They still have the Bill Belichick factor. Uh, so this game is a push for me. I'm just going to let this one play out. I don't have a pick for this one. So I'm going to let that one ride out. Uh, but let's move on, of course, uh, some other sports news. We're going to talk about uh, the World Series, of course. Uh, the, the, the Nationals, excuse me. The Washington Nationals were able to get that done in seven games. Of course, that final uh, that final score in that game seven was six to two. Uh, for the Nationals, they were led by the uh, designated hitter, Cowie uh, Kendrick, who had two hits and two RBIs. Adam Eaton, the right fielder, will also drive in a two-run home run. And Juan Soto, the left fielder, will have two hits and an RBI. 
Max Scherzer, of course, would get the win. He would start off the uh, start off the game uh, going for five innings, giving up seven hits, but only two earned runs. He also had three strikeouts as well, and the bullpen also came up clutch as well, going for four innings, giving up two hits and zero earned runs. Steven Strasburg is your World Series MVP, and in my opinion, the most underrated pitcher in all of baseball. As far as the Astros are, con- Astros are concerned, uh, they got a pretty decent game from us. Uh, I'm sorry, from shortstop uh, Carlos Correa. Sometimes when I see shortstop, I almost get confused with strong safety. So forgive me, a whole bunch of sports going off in my head right now. But shortstop Carlos Correa uh, for the Astros was able, was able to get two hits in the RBI. And first baseman Yuri, Yuli, excuse me, Yuli Gurriel was able to get two hits in the RBI as well. Zach Greinke uh, would get the start. Uh, he would go for two innings. He would give up two hits and two earned runs and three sh- Oh, if I'm not mistaken, he had three strikeouts as well, uh, but the bullpen failed to come through. Uh, they would go for the, of course, they would end up uh, finishing the game, uh, end up giving up six hits and also four, four earned runs. So uh, they kind of fell apart. They pretty much collapsed, and that's that's how you have it. And because of that, uh, Garrett Cole, of course, we all know about him, one of the main aces in that Astros rotation, apparently he is done with Houston. The star pitcher would distance himself from the Astros after the team's loss to Washington and did not play in Game 7 and was seen wearing a cap from his agent and referring to himself referring to himself to the media as not an employee of the team. He also told the media that he made a lot of good friendships. He would go on to say, oh, I'm sorry, the manager of the team, A.J. Finch, would go on to say, I wasn't going to pitch him referring to Cole unless we were going to win the World Series and have a lead. He was available and I felt it was a uh, game that we were that he was going to come in uh, had we tied it or had taken the lead. So again, I think he's very mad that he didn't get a, get a chance didn't get a chance to uh, pitch in a deciding game. But I get where AJ Finch, the manager, is coming from. He wanted to put him in a, in a specific position and that would have made that actually his that, that would actually make sense. I think Jericho would be more, in my opinion, would have been more effective in that position instead of coming in there while they're losing or uh, after a significant stretch by the Nationals where they just put up a whole bunch of runs. I, I don't think that would have worked for Garrett Cole either. I think he would have been somewhat exposed in a moment like that. So I'm kind of, in his, in my opinion, especially now because he's, he's going to be a free agent, in my opinion, it was kind of best that he didn't even, you know, get involved in that debacle because it could have made his stats look ugly. So I think in the long run, it actually helps him because, of course, uh, Garrett Cole is a Cy Young candidate which of course is the award for the best pitcher uh now he uh he basically had well he he didn't basically uh but he had uh 326 strikeouts this season which i believe uh was was tops in the league if i'm not mistaken or near the top so uh, definitely one of the top pitchers in the league one of the better strikeout pitchers out there and as far as some possible suitors we had the angels the dodgers of course in his hometown area he is from southern california and of course the yankees are of course going to be involved in this as well and he's expected to sign one of the biggest contracts for a pitcher in mlb history so there you go that's that's pretty significant and it's kind of unfortunate that it kind of came apart here in Houston. Uh, maybe in due time, he might open up a little bit more about, you know, his end of things and what's really going on and why he would uh, want to move on. Uh, but in the end of the day, maybe it doesn't matter if he just figures he needs a change of scenery. 
go right ahead and do that. And finally, uh, we have some NBA news to talk about. Of course, I'll be going over the scores from last night as well. Uh, but first things first. But first things first, of course, I think the Warriors, popular opinion, I'm just going to say it. It's early, but I think they're done. Uh, Steph Curry broke uh, his left hand, I believe, actually his left wrist, and the Warriors 121 to 110 loss to the Suns on Wednesday. He received a CAT scan uh, today. Uh, the results will be available at some point uh, today as well, but I think he, the the thing is, he'll be out for an indefinite amount of time, meaning there's no timetable necessarily, but he is going to be missing a significant amount of time, upwards of 20 games. So, Clay Thompson is still dealing with his ACL injury, and Kayvon Looney uh, will be missing at least three more games with a neuropathic condition. I don't know what all that what that word means. I have to look it up when I'm done with this. I'm not exactly too sure what it means. I don't want to sound completely ignorant, but uh, I do not know no i just don't know what that means i'll have to look it up knowledge is power but he'll be missing a, another uh three to uh, three more games and the, the warriors are currently one and three and i'm pretty sure it's going to get worse so um yeah that's kind of unfortunate but my 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 how the mighty have fallen and finally in terms of nba news of course the two big men are in big trouble um not necessarily big trouble, but Joel Embiid uh, from the Sixers and also Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves are both going to be suspended for two games following that altercation. While in the midst of their two-game suspension, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, are in the midst of that right now uh, because of their brawl uh, the other night. Actually, it was last night. Uh, both of them were ejected in the third quarter after shoving and pushing each other. Uh, of course, Cat threw a punch. The squabble would include players and coaches from both sides, including Ben Simmons, who ended up for God knows how, wrestling cat, aka Carthony Towns, down to the ground. Somebody's kind of soft. Ain't nobody shorter than me about to wrestle me to the ground. That don't that don't work. That don't work. And small than me too. Nah, bro. That ain't. Unless he's a wrestler, like unless he did it in high school or he like, you know, that's his thing. Maybe a jujitsu dude maybe might out wrestle me if he's short. I don't care about that. He just got skills, but ain't just no random. Nah, bro. Ain't no random short dude that's gonna out wrestle me. That's embarrassing, dude. That's kind of soft. The two big men would would also exchange their insults on Twitter after the game. So again, soft. Tomorrow, I'm not raised by lions. I'm raised by lions. That's what Carl Anthony Towns is talking about, bro. We don't care about all that. If he was going to fire on but you should have hit him and landed. You don't even know how to hit people. So, I don't buy all that. Y'all just, in my opinion, y'all just going through emotions because y'all might suck this year. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the scores from last night. Uh, the first one we're going to break down is going to be the Heat and the Hawks. Uh, in this one, the Heat were able to get it done 106 to 97. The Heat move up to 10. I'm sorry. The Heat move up to four and one in the year. The Hawks move down to two and three. 106-97. The final score here uh, for the Heat. Uh, they were led by Kendrick Nunn. Sorry, excuse me, Kendrick Nunn, who had 28 points and two rebounds. Uh, the guard Tyler Hero uh, will have 17 points and four rebounds, also three assists coming off the bench. And power forward Myers Leonard would have 16 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. And uh, we also got for the Hawks, uh, the leading scorer for, for leading scorer for them would be Jabari 
Jabari Parker with 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists also off the bench. And also small forward DeAndre Bembry with 18 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, sorry, with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and also 8 assists coming off the bench as well. Uh, we also got the Nuggets taking a loss to the Pelicans 107. So 122. The Nuggets are now three and two on the season. The Pelicans move down, will move up and get their first win to one and four. Uh, for Denver, they were led by Michael Porter Jr. He had 15 points, four rebounds, and also an assist coming off the bench. Uh, guard Jamal Murray will go on to have 14 points, six assists, and three rebounds. And Jeremy Grant would also have 14 points and five rebounds coming off the bench. For the Pelicans, they were led by center Jaleel Okafor who led all, actually, who uh, was the second leading scorer from all teams with 26 points, five rebounds, and an assist. And forward Brandon Ingram would have 28 points, making him the highest scorer between both teams. He had five assists as well and also three rebounds. Uh, guard Frank Jansen, Jackson would have 21 points and three rebounds coming off the bench. And also guard Drew Holiday would have 19 points, seven assists, and also five rebounds. Uh, we also got the Spurs getting the win actually getting a I'm sorry taking in a, uh, taking their first loss on the year to the Clippers last night uh, uh they move on to three and one on the year the Clippers are now four and two the final score here is 97 to 103 it was pretty much the Kawhi show but let's break it down for the Spurs they were led by uh, DeMar DeRozan who had 29 points seven rebounds he also had two assists to add to that and guard Derek White would also have 20 points five rebounds and two assists coming off the bench for the Clippers like I said it was a Kawhi show in the Staples Center he would go on to have 38 points and also 12 rebounds uh Montrez Harrell would go on to have a decent would have a good game actually as well with 24 points and four rebounds coming off the bench all right y'all I'm gonna call it a wrap for today uh my next episode uh, I think it will be another work on the street uh breakdown uh, we also have some college football uh to talk about as well so I'll be coming back Saturday night uh, like I said with a word on the street segment and also we'll be breaking down some college football as well and then Sunday we'll be wrapping up the week uh, with some NFL action on top of that and then uh going into next week I do have I believe it'll be part seven now of my golden state issue uh the history of history the history of California immigration so I'm gonna give you guys part seven and if you would like please check out all uh, all previous parts to that one through six uh, that will help me out a lot if you're looking to get in touch with me you can hit me on my email uh, at uh, sorry at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com you can also add me on facebook or instagram uh, you can add me at Johnny. that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H A-D-J-A-N-I Once again, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H A-D-J-A-N-I Alright, y'all. Um, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll highlight y'all later.